0: Oh, my gosh. Do we
1: have an extraordinary show for you today? I am so thrilled and honored to introduce straight from Beirut, Lebanon, George Hayek, who is literally changing the world. This man has started the first vegan hospital on the planet at a time when we are in the midst of a pandemic that... Let's forget about the crazy laboratory conspiracy theories. All the scientists have concluded that while we can't say, well, we know 100% for sure because where's the videotape, right? But it is a zoonotic illness that jumped from animals to humans. It first cropped up in a slaughter market. We are suffering globally because of our Addiction to eating animals. This is it. Heart disease, cancer, uh, the pandemic, climate change, all of it. And this man has, has taken his family institution, his family hospital in Beirut, Lebanon, and turned it into a vegan hospital. George Hayek, welcome. Tell us all about it. How'd you do it? Why'd you do it?
2: Okay. Hello, Jane. First of all, uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's really an honor for me uh, to be talking with you and to be able to spread the word uh, all over the world and maybe um, maybe inspire other um, hospital owners or other healthcare institutions uh, to follow uh, our steps for a better world, for um, our uh, health, for uh, our earthlings. Uh, the ones that are sharing our life with and eventually for our environment, because as you mentioned, well, um, uh, factory farms and animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate change. So yeah, it's an urgent matter. Uh, I think um, the step that I took uh, for the hospital was the only logical step to take uh, for the very simple reason. I mean, so many uh, studies and uh, the science actually is in our, uh, our side. Um, when, uh, I mean, the WHO, uh, they classify meat as uh, carcinogenic when uh, processed meat is uh, group 1A carcinogenic and uh, red meat uh, 2A carcinogenic. Well, uh, I mean, why would any hospital in the world uh, would uh, offer such carcinogenic food to their patient? I mean, uh, it's, it's illogical and doesn't make sense at all. Whereas uh, it has been proven then that adopting a plant-based diet um, not only can stop the evolution of certain diseases but it can also as well reverse such certain diseases so well, yeah the only logical uh, approach that uh, i took to the hospital was to uh, to remove completely animal products uh, of our menu uh, as you mentioned in your introduction uh, the leading cause of death today is heart disease Heart disease is uh, caused by clogged arteries, and clogged arteries are clogged by, well, uh, food that are high in uh, cholesterol-saturated fat and trans fatty acid. Not to forget that cholesterol is only and exclusively found in animal products. So yeah, it was the only logical step for me, as well as, because uh, I'm an activist, it's been like more, more than 10 years I'm vegan. I've uh, established Lebanese Vegans on social media, and uh, now it's an NGO. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm spreading the word um, about the compassion, about justice, about a better way uh, to live. And especially today, we have uh, another source of information. I mean, uh, it's no longer the mainstream media that provides us information. Uh, it's the information uh, is one click away. I mean, everyone should have the curiosity to search more, dig more, do some more research and try to be a better version of ourselves.
1: Well, wow. You said so much, and you really made a very good opening argument for um, all hospitals switching to a vegan diet. If you're in the hospital for a heart attack or a stroke, which came about because your arteries were clogged with plaque, comes from cholesterol, cholesterol only exists in animal products. Why on earth would you wake up after your stent operation that taxpayers essentially have to subsidize too, whether they eat animals or not, and then get served a breakfast of bacon and eggs? It's insanity. And yet I can tell you right now here in Los Angeles, supposedly the most progressive uh, city in, in the United States, arguably, uh, even in the world, a friend of mine was just in the hospital and she had to fight, fight, to get ve- substantial vegan food, not just some lettuce thrown on a plate, served to her when she was hospitalized, even though we had a law that we passed here. And I was involved in passing it that says, if you're in the hospital or in an institution, like a prison, you If you're a vegan or if you want a vegan meal, you are legally entitled to a substantial vegan meal, and yet they are ignoring it. What is it with the health industry? Could it be that they realized if everybody got healthy, we're out of business?
2: Well, uh, you said it, Jane. Absolutely. It's a matter of money and uh, lobbying. Uh, we know very well the power of uh, the lobbies, uh, whereas it it, it's the animal agriculture lobby or the big pharma. Uh, actually, they, they kind of work together. So I'm not surprised that uh, they didn't uh, take the step yet and they are still struggling to inject animal uh, food in in patients' uh, uh, plates. I mean, this is completely, uh, uh, it, it doesn't make sense at all. Uh, as you mentioned as well, the uh the pandemic that we're living today um, that has caused millions of uh, deaths so far and uh, so many countries and economies to shut down. Well, what have we done so far? I mean, uh, well, it's great to wash our hands. It's great to, uh, uh, to take social distancing and uh, wear masks, uh, lockdowns, every, everything. Those are extremely good measures in order to slow the spread of the pandemic. But what have we done? What are the measures that we're taking to prevent the next pandemic? Well, are are we offering some food that uh, are the breeding grounds of of pandemics to our patients? This is completely immoral and unethical. So uh, uh, whether it's uh, the COVID today, before was the SARS, the MERS, uh, HIV, uh, uh, avian flu, swine flu, well, they all came from animals. And uh, as the CDC uh, stated, that uh, three out of four uh, new or emerging uh, uh, infection in a human come from animal. Well, um, what what are we supposed to do in order for us to like uh, prevent like 75% of of the the risk of infection? I mean, if 75% of the, the the risk of infections come from animal shouldn't we like leave animals alone and stop exploiting them whether for food or for clothing or for any other product that is so um, i mean uh, it, uh, whether it's the who stating that as long as we eat animals there will still be uh, some risk of infection or stating meat as carcinogenic same group as tobacco you know or the cdc stating that three out of four uh, new emerging disease come from animals Uh, What are the measures that we we are taking to prevent the next one, the next pandemic? I really don't know. It's really absurd how uh, governments and uh, basically everyone is turning a blind eye to the elephant in the room. Uh, It's excellent to take measures to slow the, the spread of the pandemic, but nothing, nothing has been done to prevent the next one. This is really a shame so um, i i uh, i really think that uh, change change come from within Uh, as myself i i I am fortunate enough to have a family business uh, a family hospital so i implied what i preach whether on a personal level or uh, through lebanese vegans to apply it in my business in my line of business and i really urge everyone to do the same in his own business whether it's a hospital or a supermarket or, or anything just remove the sources of pandemic, remove the sources of heart disease, remove the sources of colon cancer, prostate cancer, breast cancer, hypertension. Uh, While well, hospitals are full, full of patients suffering of what, Jane? They are suffering from, from diseases that are caused uh, by eating animal products. I mean, no one suffered from clogged artery after eating hummus you know, or a decent salad, or, or some, some good Lebanese uh, uh, vegan food by default, I mean. So, yeah, if I look around, whether it's my hospital or the hospital all over the world, they are filled with patients suffering from cancer, from um, heart disease, from hypertension, from diabetes. So, yeah, the only logical step is that all hospitals, not only should they offer options, like uh, plant-based options, they should omit completely carcinogenic foods from their meal. I mean, uh, would it make sense for them to offer like cigarettes in their premises? Cigarettes is carcinogenic, it has been classified in the same group as red meat, as, excuse me, processed meat, and meat in general has been classified, not by me, not by Lebanese Vegan, not by High Hospital, not by you Jane, but by the WHO.
1: Again, man, you are making the great arguments that need to be made globally. This conversation should be happening on major television networks in the United States, Europe, and all around the world, but look at the advertisers. Why do you think they don't talk about it? Meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals. We all know the pharmaceutical industry would collapse. If people started eating plant-based, they wouldn't need uh, the cholesterol lowering. Because there's no cholesterol in plants they wouldn't need the erectile dysfunction uh pills which supposedly every guy over 50 now is uh in the western world how sad and yet yes
2: uh, Jane, i would add something to you sure if, sure. if you may uh, concerning the, the the point that you just raised sure. if sure. Uh, if a certain man uh like uh take this blue pill in order uh, to make it work uh, this specific guy should go to any hospital near him and check his, uh, his uh, arteries because if uh, uh, one organ is not functioning well and is not receiving enough uh, blood flow, so this means that uh, this guy he probably has other areas where he should check and mainly his heart. It could be a very serious indication to every person taking a blue pill today.
1: Well, yes, absolutely. As it's been explained to me, and I'm no doctor, but doctors have said that it's systemic when the vessels in your body start getting clogged. They don't just get clogged to your heart, which is prior to COVID, the leading killer. One out of every four people dies of heart disease. That's not me saying it. That's the American Heart Association. And um so now you have COVID killing more than half a million people in America. Then you have heart disease, which was killing uh, huge numbers of people and still is. Uh, then you have cancer, which also processed meat is cancer causing red meat, a likely carcinogen. What's it going to take for people to wake up and, um, and realize that what they think is their right, A, is not just a personal choice when you've got a pandemic that's killing people left and right, it's no longer a personal choice any more than driving and racing down the freeway in the wrong direction is a personal choice. Everything's a personal choice, but it's not just a personal choice. The ramifications are enormous. Now we do have because there are ways to get around mainstream media. And that's why I always thank Voice America Radio and our executive producer, Tacey Trump, and Andrew in the control room for letting us do this show and having this conversation. And every person who hears it has the power to change with every decision they make throughout the course of the day, choosing to eat something healthy for them, better for the planet, better for the animals. Um, That choice is growing exponentially. And we just had a movie called Seaspiracy that just rocked the world on Netflix showing how the fishing industry is destroying the oceans and that when the oceans die, we're, as a human species, uh, going to very likely die out, too. We, we can't survive with a dead ocean. So I think people are waking up. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Uh, first. How, oh, we've got so many people on hold. My gosh, my apologies, people. I got so wrapped up with uh, George's amazing, uh, powerful opening statement. Let's go to Steve on hold. Your question or thoughts, Steve. Uh,
2: I I think it's great. Uh, Thanks a lot, Jane. Uh, You're doing a great job. And uh, Mr. Hayek, uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you really, really want to heal people. Um, I I agree with uh, uh, what you're saying about tobacco. Uh, We we need a Surgeon General's warning uh,
1: like we have with cigarettes.
2: Uh, is, Is there any progress on that?
1: Well, let me say, because I'm here in the United States, and what George is doing is extraordinary in Beirut, Lebanon. I hope it spreads throughout the world. I really do. We're going to talk about that. But unfortunately... You know, government is kind of held hostage uh, by the meat and dairy and pharmaceutical industry. Uh, the head of the USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, is a dairy industry uh, trade person. He's pushing dairy. I mean, that was his business. And um, he served in the Obama administration, then he became the head of a dairy trade group. And that, now he's back as the head of the USDA, Tom Vilsack. That's not promising. Um <laughs> Uh, They they talk about the Paris Climate Accords, but they're not addressing animal agriculture. So unfortunately, our government has been co-opted by the meat and dairy and pharmaceutical industry. This is one reason why I really fight, fight, fight to support uh, something called the Agriculture Fairness Alliance, which fights to get uh, lobbyists in the halls of Congress to uh, push for ending subsidies to big ag and animal ag and giving subsidies to farmers who want to transition out of animal agriculture. Let's go to Patty. Patty, you're on hold, your question or thoughts.
3: Hey Jane, Uh, first I want to say thank you so much for all that you guys are doing. These are like my people and I so appreciate you guys. Um, I just wanted to share a personal story. So I moved my father down here about two and a half years ago in Florida to help my mother take care of him. He was basically almost in stage five renal failure. So uh, as a family, we were asked just last year during the pandemic to start attending dia- um, diabetic conferences and what we need to do for dialysis treatment, because we were going to be deciding whether he's going to be doing it at home or at a center. So as a family, we had to go to start training, right? So. Uh, we started doing it online. And the first thing the nurse asks everyone that's uh, um, on the Zoom call and on the meetings is, okay, everybody uh, here kind of sort of raise your hand. Let me know in a way uh, if you all have dairy in your life, basically any kind of cheese. This includes yogurt. This includes ice cream. And of course, almost everyone answered except for my father. And I believe one other person, my father did not raise his hand. And she said, well, I just want you to know that the One or two people that have not raised their hands are basically that much more ahead because the first thing that we ask, although we cannot force you, the first thing that we ask when you are going to be considering dialysis and going to be on dialysis is erase all the dairy from your life. So from today, starting today, you are no longer dairy consumers. And I asked her, why isn't this something that they do or should be doing when we are infants, toddlers, and into our later years? and instead waiting for it to be practically almost the last nail in our coffin. If we are being told to take dairy out of our lives, when we are almost basically on our last leg of closer to death, why aren't we doing this sooner? And she couldn't answer it, but she said basically that my father and the one other person was so lucky because not only do most people die much sooner than they should while on dialysis, but she feels very sad for the seniors because they have been so brainwashed to think that yogurt especially is basically a healthier meal substitute for them. So that in itself speaks volumes as to how dairy is completely toxic. Any breast milk from any other species, basically, we should be leaving it at infancy, but more so there you go. It's the one time that the medical industry says to us, Hey, get off the dairy because you're, on your last leg getting ready to dialysis and you should no longer have any type of dairy product in your life.
1: Well, you have made some incredible points. Uh, I want to discuss all of this with George. We're gonna take one more caller. We've got a lot of callers. People are fascinated with this subject and then we're gonna to go to break, but we're gonna discuss how George feels the medical community needs to start addressing this issue. Uh, Sarah, your question or thought, Sarah?
2: Oh, hi. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you let me come on. Listen, here's my idea. There is
1: this Dr. Milton Mills. Get him and all the other vegan doctors, uh, Neil Barnard, Dr. Neil Barnard, and get the coalition together, and you get all the money together, and you just start taking over hospitals, and so all the vegan doctors, they take over one hospital, and then everybody goes there and gets cured, and then they see, oh, wow, okay, this works, and then... That way you take them down little
3: by little, you know, and then it's a domino effect. But I just think it's a good idea because these doctors
1: are all in different places, and I know they don't want to move, but I still think we need a hospital with all vegan doctors, and that way they can actually heal their patients. Sarah, you've raised so many points. Okay, we've just raised like a million points we need to discuss. We're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio, but we're going to live on Facebook. channel we don't follow we lead. join us the voice
0: america influencers channel are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to Jane Unchained News at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: We are so delighted here at janeunchained.com and Voice America Radio to be talking to George Hayek. He is live from Beirut, Lebanon, where he has opened It's a family hospital that's existed for quite a while, but he has transitioned it and turned it into a vegan hospital where all the patients get vegan meals when they get out of surgery, when they're admitted. So let me ask you this crucial question, because everybody seems to be saying, all our callers, hey, why don't other hospitals do this? How did you do it? How did you transition? Are all your doctors vegan? Did you get some pushback? Did because I, I would guess some people were, would be like, how dare you make me do this? I'm not. How did you, you how did You, you are
2: absolutely correct. You are absolutely correct, Jane. Um, I won't lie to you. I had some opposition, uh, even within the hospital, even within some of for the doctors. But as you know, the majority of uh, the doctors are meat eaters and uh, dairy drinkers. So uh, in order for them to acknowledge uh, this issue, it was like a bit uh, frustrating for them. But uh, what I did as a, as a manager of the hospital is that I didn't do it like overnight. Uh, I decided to undergo like a transition phase. It took like almost a year uh, to reach to, to what we reach today to remove completely animal products from our plates. Uh, What we did during this transition phase is uh, that uh, uh, with Lebanese Vegans, uh, we've uh, conducted several seminars, conferences, training, Uh, regarding uh, our um, medical staff, nursing staff and management uh, administration as well so that they will be prepared to our final uh, transition. Um, We were trying to spread awareness, education on why we are uh, switching our hospital into offering only plant-based meal. Um, Those uh, training sessions were extremely helpful because it turned a lot of uh, people's uh, opinion on the matter. Once you educate more you are sure to receive uh, more positive feedback on, on the matter and especially our um, dietitian is vegan and uh, she's working hard everyday with uh, our kitchen to provide our patients with uh, the, the best uh, well balanced uh, meals that covers all the nutrients that uh, ones have uh, uh, should take uh, without all the toxins because as you know very well animal based products are full of uh, um, the Cholesterol—it's uh, the—it's the only uh, source of cholesterol. Animal products, uh, full of saturated fat, full of trans acids—not—not not just, but uh, they are full of uh, 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 antibiotic and um, uh, growth hormones. Uh, why is that? Because they are all confined uh, all together, and if one animal is sick. All the animals are sick. This is why they are taking systematic uh, injections of antibiotics. So uh, at the end, uh, we are eating nasty stuff. Uh, If we continue the way we continue today, uh, in the near future, we will be facing an extremely difficult situation where like a normal seasonal flu won't be able to be cured by normal antibiotic. Uh, Super bugs are uh, are emerging, and uh, it's uh, really not looking uh, good for uh, for humanity. I mean, so, uh, yeah, uh, I had some opposition at the hospital, but after this uh, year of transitioning, of training, of education, of spreading awareness, uh, I got the majority uh, backing me up, supporting me, and uh, they are okay uh, with what I'm doing. Although not uh, all of my doctors are vegan, I'm still working on that. But I'm getting there surely, uh, story but surely.
1: Well, this is extraordinary. Now, uh, my question to you is how do we spread this to the rest of the world? First of all, I would like to suggest that you do commission a documentary. Just have somebody follow around with a camera uh, and document the, the stuff that comes up. And I think that documentary, which doesn't have to be something that costs millions of dollars, uh, Jane Unchained, we're a 501C3. We did a documentary called Countdown to Year Zero, which follows the work of Dr. Silas Rao, a systems analyst. If this is on Amazon Prime Video, you can watch it, Countdown to Year Zero. Um, It it follows the work of a systems analyst and engineer who uh, was instrumental in the development of the internet. And he, Basically says we have to transition to a global plant-based world by 2026, or we're going to have an ecological collapse. Absolutely. And so um, we did this very cheaply. I mean, we just we had a Canon camera. I followed him to uh, Costa Rica, where he uh, showed us a farm that was a cattle ranch that was regenerated into a forest, which is what he says we have to do all over the world because trees absorb carbon. Carbon's what heats the earth. We've destroyed all the trees for cattle grazing and for growing crops to feed to farm animals who are eating a, a huge percentage of the food. And so we, that's why our earth is heating up. We need to reforest. And uh, the um, it, it really wasn't that big a deal, you know, these cameras now. A lot of the stuff we shot on our phone, because of course,
2: of course, cameras, it's, yeah. Again, I, think- I think it's a, it's a great uh, idea uh, if we can conduct like a documentary on how we're doing it at our hospital. Maybe this documentary can inspire others to follow maybe some guidelines uh, on, on how to do things, but I think it's more of a, of a will. Uh, to, to take this approach more uh, than anything else. I mean, the information is out there. Uh, people already know that uh, zoonotic diseases are responsible for 75% of uh, all uh, our infection diseases. Same goes to the WHO. People know that. But I think the addiction uh, to meat and dairy is so real. I think it's the, it's the biggest drug ever. I mean, uh, it's the real addiction we're talking here. Uh, I know, it's unfortunate- I just
1: want to say one thing. I think if hospitals saw how it happened and saw like if you did like an update with the training program that you gave the skeptical doctors and you you presented it it doesn't doesn't have to be staged you're doing an update you do a, a here's a presentation again and you know even showed what were the what I'm curious what were the resistances of the doctors why did the doctors say. Why did some of the doctors, I don't want to get you in trouble. I understand you're working with people, you don't want to, but what was the essential argument against it?
2: Leaving personnel? Yeah. The the problem is that uh, some of the answers that I got were really inappropriate. I mean, uh, some of the doctors, uh, well, they just told me, you know what, Um, uh, already the people that comes to the hospital, they're already sick. And they are suffering, so uh, the last thing that they can enjoy is a good steak or a good meal. So, this is the, it was like uh, uh, outrageous for me to listen to such arguments from a doctor who is supposed to heal patients. I mean, so yeah, I, I had some of uh, those nasty comments, but. Uh, Throughout, throughout the education, throughout uh, spreading uh, the truth, basically, uh, they there weren't much of, of resistance uh, because uh, oh, okay. the truth is in our side. So, yeah.
1: So wait a second. So, right, you already hit another great point because people think this is a sacrifice. The best tasting food in the world is vegan. I mean, Absolutely. I love food. <laughs> and at JaneUnchained.com, we post a daily recipe with a video and – in the four and a half years we've been doing it, we've never repeated a recipe. We have lasagna. We have, right now, we just did a vegan lasagna, traditional Indian snack, veganized, as well as turning a stir fry into a superfood stir fry. Um, tons of just incredible dishes.
2: Absolutely, uh, Jay, it, it has been uh, quite uh, uh, an enjoyable journey for me and my fiancé, Every day we're eating something new. We discovered new taste buds. I mean, we were used to eat uh, the, the the same old uh, thing every day, chicken, meat, meat, chicken every day. So uh, now we discovered a whole new era of uh, new taste buds that we didn't even thought about that we might uh, enjoy such uh, kind of food mixed together. And... Uh, it's uh, even, um, it's challenging to veganize some uh, already existing uh, meat dish sh- so that we can uh, show everyone that, well, we can eat very well, extremely delicious meals without having a uh, flesh on our plate. Uh, as you know, the flesh doesn't have any taste. It's, it's how you marinate the flesh. It's how you spice it up. So you just replace the flesh with uh, some mushroom or some uh, tofu or some uh, soy chunks and uh, you're good to go.
1: Now, let me ask you, what has the reaction been of the doctors who were hesitant saying, well, they deserve their last meal to be a steak or whatever they said? Uh, and the patients, I mean, look, hospital food is not renowned for being tasty. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been to the hospital over the course of my life where I see people who are hospitalized. I've never spent a night in a hospital my whole life, but- Um, I see people who are hospitalized and their tray is right there. They're not touching any of that food. It looks like, you you want some? No, thanks. I'll pass. Um, It's just horrible. It's the way it's served in those plastic trays is not appetizing. And the food isn't good. So the irony is we're saying, well, we're going to give people some tasty. Okay. I won't even go there. But my question is, what are you making? Are the dishes delicious? Are the are the patient uh, patients who are in your hospital liking them? And are the doctors trying them? And are they liking them? That's a lot of questions.
2: Yeah, of course, Jane. Well, uh, listen, um, uh, here in Lebanon we have a big variety of uh, of dishes and meals. Uh, we at the hospital and uh, with my fiancée Vanessa, which uh, she is handling Lebanese vegan food on Instagram, where she shares uh, so many uh, delicious uh, vegan recipes. Uh, we helped our kitchen uh, staff and management uh, to undergo this, trans- this transition. So we uh, veganize almost all our uh, delicious uh, d- dishes. We just omit the the meat and uh, and we replace it with the mushroom or with the, some uh, tofu or uh, soi chunks. And there you go. You have a delicious uh, vegan food. So it wasn't like really to difficult. Tell you,
1: I got to jump in and tell you. Alex Seb says, Hayek Hospital has such good food that we go there to eat at the cafeteria even when we don't need to visit a hospital. There
2: you go. That, <laughs> that is... have your answer. Thank you, Seb.
1: <laughs> okay. Anybody, that is the... Be- you should put that in a plaque and put it <laughs> on the... I'm telling you because nobody... Well, maybe some people like to go to hospitals. It's not something i enjoy doing i really do it because it's an obligation well, if uh, somebody I, is. <laughs> I about is sick but when you're telling me the food is so good that people are going to your hospital just to eat lunch like it's a restaurant that definitely get that and put that up on some kind of plaque that's amazing. yeah i
2: i think i will i think i will you, you know why uh, jane i i stress on 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 the food to be like a really good tasting because it's not just i'm running the hospital and I'm, I'm just uh, like uh, doing uh, uh, this transition for health reasons which is the it's the major uh, like uh, uh, criteria for the hospital but as a, as a vegan activist uh, well i i do it as well for the animals and uh, my mission at the hospital when offering uh, vegan plant-based food is to show people and patients and visitors and doctors that listen guys don't worry if we're going to omit animal products. You're going to be having delicious uh, vegan food, and uh, you won't miss a thing. You just have to try it once, and there you go. You, you're going to be hooked. So, so uh, gonna, this is why I, I – yeah.
1: I, I just want to jump in because so many people are loving this. Uh, Steve Rock and Roll Wood says, absolutely every meal on earth has a vegan alternative. I am totally hearting this guy. Please provide a link so we can follow him and perhaps donate and other people are asking for information. How do they get in touch with you? How do they become part of this movement? Is there a do- I mean, this is a private hospital. Um, so I, I don't think it's a nonprofit, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, how do people get involved? Because we need to spread, what you're doing needs to spread around the world. That's why it hit me while you were talking that a documentary doesn't have to be something that takes seven years. You know, I turn this one around in basically less than a year because I'm in the news business and I have a short attention span. If I can't do it quickly, uh, it doesn't have to be an hour either. You could do a half an hour documentary. When I was a cub reporter working in Philadelphia back in 1981, they would make me do a 20 minute story once a month. I had one day to shoot. One day to write it and one day to edit every in three days. We at the end of the third day we had to put out a story, a 20 minute mini doc.
2: Maybe you'll so, be able to help me uh, with this. Maybe
1: <laughs> well, I'm in LA, you're in Beirut, but I'm sure you have great videographers. And we I do would have, just of say, course. Just get people to start following you. Don't nobody wants a vanity piece, include all the jum jum interview the doctors who were resisted and who may have changed, hopefully, and show the food, show the food being made. You don't, uh, one thing I've learned, and obviously I don't know if this is off topic, but uh, one thing I've learned about documentaries or any kind of shooting, shooting too much is as bad as shooting too little. You Once you get it, you get it. You don't need to shoot 5 million um, meals. You shoot maybe uh, a week's worth of meals, different different types of meals, the people eating them, interview the patients, interview the doctors and and be be transparent. Some of the doctors who didn't like it and even include some doctors who say, yeah, because you know, there's always that person, no matter what you do, you could serve them the most incredible, incredible food. And they're like, meh, because you've told them it's vegan and it's a point of pride that they're not gonna like it. I speak as a recovering alcoholic, just celebrated 26 years sober, I didn't like things when I was in my disease of alcoholism that didn't involve I wanted to go to Broadway plays because you could have a drink at intermission I didn't want to go to the movies because there wasn't any drinking involved you know, it's a mindset there will always be those people we embrace them with love and say when you're ready you'll you but I think you could shoot this get 3 videographers you could get them just run around shoot it all and then I could certainly help you you know, find a great editor. Um, a, a, vegan Hospital. Oh, my God. Who wouldn't watch that? Who wouldn't watch that? Um, we've got Paige on hold. Let's grab uh, uh, the caller. Paige, what is your question or thought? Hi. Yes. Thank you so much. This is
3: incredible. I'm thinking about how um, two things. First of all, George, is I'm curious about what your turning point was. How was it that
1: you... Saw the light and, you know, knew that you could then make this change there at your hospital. I'm thinking of here in the United States that the, the sanctions and the governmental interference with hospitals is probably different. Um, however, and also being the owner of your hospital makes a huge impact. It makes me think about what uh, the caller Sarah was saying. Perhaps some doctors for, could open a new hospital. That's a brand new hospital that's 100% plant-based here in the United States. Maybe other, other. I know that sounds like, oh,
3: so, so easy to do. But
1: <laughs> I guess my question comes to you, George, is you're so inspirational. What was the turning point for you? Okay. you good, said, good question. Was yeah, the, one, okay. one, the turning point, very important question. Thank, thank
2: you. Thank you, Paige, for your question. Uh, well, uh, the turning point was, first of all, uh, I turned vegan like 10 years ago. Uh, it it happened uh, one day I was browsing my Facebook and uh, an annoying vegan friend who I used to consider annoying shared footage of a slaughtered cow in an abattoir. I really felt annoyed by this person. Why would he even annoy me and put such uh, horror videos on my newsfeed? The same day I came back to my uh, house. I have four dogs. I started cuddling them and then I realized that well, there is no difference between the, the the my dog and the piece of uh, steak that I was eating. This was the like uh, the turning point for me to turn vegan. And then um, I uh, I started doing my own research on that matter. And then I realized that uh, we like breed more than 80 billion land animals and 2.7 trillion uh, sea animals every year, uh, not for uh, necessity, not to thrive or survive, just for the taste of it. Uh, which is completely that doesn't make sense and then with my research i found out that uh, animal agriculture was the leading cause of rainforest deforestation water depletion ocean dead zones uh, you name it uh, and then with my research i found out that the cdc stated that 75% of our infectious diseases come from animals naming MERS, SARS swine flu avian flu uh, hiv ebola so uh, and then came up the WHO, classifying meat as carcinogenic. So all those were, for me, like turning points to uh, to turn the hospital into uh, uh, um, an institution that doesn't serve the same food that uh, made our patient uh, enter the hospital in the, in, the, in, the, in the first place.
1: Well, I have to say, Aida uh, Khoury says, fundhope.com campaign. So there is the Lebanese uh, vegan center, the Lebanese. Tell us about that. Tell us about the the (laughs) vegan movement in Lebanon, because this is a global movement. People like to say, oh, this is some sort of elitist movement. And it's for people who uh, live in Brooklyn and, and Venice, California. I happen to live right near Venice, California, but in Mexico City, there are more than 80 vegan restaurants. Yeah. Berlin is like a vegan Mecca. England's becoming a vegan Mecca. Uh, Costa Rica, it's all over the world. I don't want to leave anybody out. I was in uh, Taiwan, and it's a v- incredible, incredible Amazing, vegan please. community. What's happening in Lebanon?
2: Okay, so uh, what happened is that after the unfortunate explosion in Beirut on the 4th of August, As you probably have heard, um, well, uh, more than 200 casualties and more than 2,000 people were injured and left homeless. Uh, Right after this unfortunate uh, blast, uh, uh, Seb, Alex and I uh, and uh, many Lebanese uh, activists uh, joined forces in order to create like a relief uh, food program to all those uh, who got hurt from the blast. And believe me, it was like really a big number of people who were really in need of any kind of help, including food. So we started by, uh, by joining our, our forces all together. And then uh, we came into a conclusion that this uh, like relief program shouldn't be like only for a few months, but we should try to keep it uh, like a whole year uh, thing. This is when we opted uh, to, uh, to have a center in Beirut. And uh, this center, well, uh, with the help of, of many uh, supporters and many people who have already donated within the link that you just mentioned, uh, we really received a lot of donations. And thanks to those donations, we were able to have this uh, center, this hub. And what we did uh, with this hub is we created a space for all vegans and non-vegans to come over, uh, uh, pass by. Uh, well, we have a vegan cafe. Let me tell you that uh, maybe it's a unique uh, concept, I don't know, but the, the vegan cafe is absolutely completely free for everyone. So everyone can, can come uh, over with his okay. family, open up a menu, the menu, and order some, uh, some vegan uh, meals for free. Uh, of course, we have a do- donation box if this person would like to, to donate or not. It's up to him, but it's completely free. So a free vegan cafe in the center. And we have a vegan boutique. What we are trying to do is to gather all our vegan businesses in Lebanon, the vegan ones who are interested to have a centralized um, boutique in Lebanon. And uh, what we did is that we lowered our uh, our prices compared to other uh, uh, non-vegan grocery stores because as you know the grocery stores with their mission is to make money and they they like find out that vegan product could be profitable and now it's trending so why not like put the high profit on them and this is why the majority of people think that vegan uh, products are uh, so expensive so what we do in our center in our hub is uh, in the boutique we offer the same uh, products but uh, with much less profit just to, uh, to cover our cost. And, and there you go, we, you have a vegan product that, that doesn't have a bad reputation of, of being expensive. Another thing at the Hub, we have a working space area for all the students or any businessman who would like to come over, have a peaceful stay, open up his laptop and, and work on, uh, on, on his business. Same to students. As well as we have a big auditorium where we already hosted our first event, uh, Seb Alex was our first unmarried uh, activist who uh, presented um, his, uh, his lecture on, on that matter. And um, uh, we have a screening area where we can stream documentaries. And so, so um, yeah, uh, we have so many ideas to spread uh, veganism uh, to Lebanon and abroad and make it accessible to everyone.
1: Well, a couple of things. First of all, wow. Wow. But,
2: uh, and there's one thing I would like to add. The Vegan Food Relief Program, uh, we're doing this as a weekly basis every Thursday. We we, we cook some uh, delicious um, plant-based meals and we distribute it to the less fortunate uh, people who are really in need, who doesn't have any even uh, shelter, they're really homeless. So we're doing this on a weekly basis every Thursday. There's no question about it.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, This is so inspiring. And I think when an idea's time has come, a lot of people start thinking in the same direction. So just coincidentally, first of all, Dr. Silas Rao, who we profile here on Countdown to Year Zero, is working with uh, Temples to produce vegan food to give to people who are hungry. Then you have Maggie Baird, who has support and feed. She and her family, her daughter, Billie Eilish, and uh, her son, Phineas, are a vegan family. And she created this um, campaign where people donate to support and feed. Support and feed gives money to vegan restaurants. Vegan restaurants make the food and they deliver the food. We just did a whole season on New Day, New Chef on support and feed. So you can see that on Amazon's Prime Video. And then we just did, coincidentally, I on Jane on Jane I saw somebody going live with a vegan fridge that they've set up in New York City and these are popping up all over the country Beautiful. Beautiful. where just a refrigerator in a community center is put in there and everybody puts in vegan food and anybody can come and take it and you know what the incredible thing is nobody's reported. Um, people taking advantage of it, like somebody coming in and just clearing the whole thing out or reselling the food or everybody, even those who are struggling will just take an appropriate amount. And uh, it, it's this, this idea, there was one criticism of somebody saying, yeah, you know, uh, you can't uh, let me, I could find it even. But the point is that some people feel that Meat and dairy have to be, here it is. Jason said, in a hypothetical world of plant-based, we would outconsume consume growth, time and freshness if having to be shipped around the world. Then there's embargoes, harvesting seasons, natural disasters. Oh, well, I guess there's bread and pasta, healthy not. Now, let me counteract that. First of all, animals are eating the majority of the food we produce in the world. They are also using the majority of the ice-free land either directly as cattle grazing or the food that's grown to feed 80 billion animals. We're only 7.8 billion humans. What we say is we could live in a world of natural abundance. If we stop mass producing animals who just eat so much food, there is plenty of food to feed all people. We're not, Actually, even nine billion people. That's why Bill Gates recently said we are going to have to switch rich nations is what he said to synthetic meat. I believe we all need to switch to synthetic meat, meaning it's his nerdy way of saying we need to go plant based. But yeah. I, I do applaud the fact that he said that. And he's no dummy. He's saying, yeah, of course, it because he knows. agriculture is not sustainable. And of course, the mainstream media mocked him for saying no. that. So,
2: um, Listen, Jane, yeah. um, there, there's something uh, we, we should highlight on, is that we are uh, plumbing the resources of our world, and uh, uh, we are busy searching for life uh, outer space. You know, it's really absurd. Uh, we are putting all our money and our efforts into finding some, some place to live elsewhere where we could have lived extremely well in our uh, planet, the only thing is that we should take care of it. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, we weirdly enough have enough food to feed more than 80 billion land animals every year, so that a few privileged would have a piece of steak on their dinner table, uh, when the majority of people and uh, the people that are selling their grains are uh, are starving or dying from hunger. Today we have 7.6 billion, uh, the population of the world. More than one billion are hungry. So uh, uh, how come we have enough food to feed 80 billion uh, land animals and we do not have enough food to feed those 1 billion hungry and starving people? So this is why I consider that eating meat is a crime to the animals as well as it's a crime towards a human being. And uh, then again, uh, mentioning the personal choice uh, argument, well i'm really sorry but it's not a personal choice to take someone else's life it's not a personal choice to create pandemics it's not a personal choice to plumb the resources of, uh, of uh, our planet uh, it's not a personal choice uh, to uh, uh well you name it you name it
1: well i have to say you're one of the most compelling spokespeople for our movement that i've come across lately i hope i want you to do that documentary because i want you i I promise and 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 include all these arguments what you just said it's not a personal choice to start a pandemic it's not a personal choice to take the life of another being um and um what's i was a crime reporter for decades what's the definition of homicide the unnecessary taking of another life not in self-defense
2: absolutely Um, when it's completely unnecessary then uh, this is the crime by itself. When eating meat today is not for survival. Uh, so this is a crime by definition. We are, we are just taking a life because we'd like the taste of it.
1: Now, let me say this. Um, I do deal a lot with Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, more than 12,000 medical professionals, doctors, nutritionists here in the United States who are all vegan. And, uh, I don't know if you work with them but i would love to introduce you to them because you guys are
2: actually i would love to connect with them they were uh, one of my source of, of of inspiration dr neil bernard and and all his team uh they're really inspirational the team and doctors and physicians Of course, uh, they had some major impact uh, to the decision that I made and for me to turn vegan and to take the health aspect of veganism seriously and to open up my eyes on all those uh, aspects. So I would love to connect with them and maybe collaborate. uh, And uh, maybe in this way, we would be able to spread the message even further.
1: Yes. And they run the Barnard Medical Center in Washington, which is vegan and will offer consultations to anybody. They take all sorts of insurance. And I've referred several people who've had issues say call Barnard Medical Center and they will figure out a doctor who's vegan in your area that takes your insurance and, and at, at the very least do a teleconference. Um, one of the issues is to find vegan doctors. I mean, I know this, uh, I don't go to the doctor very often, knock on, knock on, <laughs> knock on Formica or whatever passes for Wood this day. Uh, but I, uh, I would love to have a vegan doctor. So also training more vegan doctors or vegan- You know, one thing
2: concerning this this issue that you are raising, uh, one thing that I I figured during the transition period at the hospital is that the majority of doctors, not only in my hospital, but uh, everywhere, they lack uh, a lot of information regarding nutrition. I mean, they, they, they are really like disconnected from nutrition, whereas the sources of the diseases that that they are treating the patient with come from what they're eating, you know. So this is what I really uh, realized that uh, doctors should be the first, like, uh, audience to be educated on the matter uh, and to stop themselves consuming uh, disease and stop promoting disease.
1: You're absolutely right. Doctors get very little training in nutrition. They really don't know a lot, and what they are taught is often extremely biased. We are out of time, but oh my gosh, I could talk to you all day. This has been so exciting. You give me hope for our world. I would love to stay connected. I will introduce you to the PCRM folks. And I just want to say congratulations. Let's spread this. And please take that idea of a documentary seriously because every, we need the, this is what's needed. And the clock is ticking and you're showing the template by showing the template of how you did it. You could show other hospitals how they can do it and that the food is great and that the, that the customers, the patients, are going to love the food. So thank you, George Hayek, talking to us live from Beirut, Lebanon.
2: Jane, thank you wow. so much. It, uh, it was really a pleasure for me to be talking to you. Uh, I, I love the way you uh, you, uh, you undergo your, uh, your um, uh, discussions so it was really a, a pleasant interview and I really hope we would be able to connect in the future and why not maybe uh, get in touch uh, uh, like really soon. <laughs>